Thank you for tuning in to the Real Housewives of Golf podcast. I am Tori Totless. And I am Sarah Held. We are your hosts who have been bitten by the golf bug for over a decade. On our show, we will be speaking to women in golf. You will get to hear their story of how they first fell in love with golf, the roller coaster journey along the way, and how it's going now. This is your backstage and all-access pass to everything that goes on behind the scenes of women's golf. It doesn't matter if you're a beginner golfer shooting double, triple bogeys and want to up your game, or if you're a badass golfer like Tori Totless and want to do more for women's golf. This is the podcast for you. We want you to join us every week to help build a stronger community for female golfers. You know the old saying, strength in numbers. Together, we can get more women in golf and do more for women in golf. We will be dishing out all the details from the ladies' leagues, tournaments, and all the fun rounds we play on the course with the girls. We also admit we have another addiction. The Real Housewives shows are our jam, so grab your favorite seltzer and let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Real Housewives of Golf podcast. Well, good morning. Hi, Sarah. How are you, Tori? Good. I mean, we are three episodes in to this endeavor. I feel like we're like 300. I feel like, you know. (laughs) How do you like it? I love it. A lot more than I actually thought I would. That's our stats for the day. So I had to, I had to get a little golf clap in there. I like that. Yeah, because we're um, we're busy. We're busy this week. We got a big couple days ahead of us, Wednesday through Sunday. You want to let everyone know what we're up to? Tony Robbins. Oh boy. Yep, we did it. We pulled the trigger. We yeah. are um, we are going to his five day business mastery program. So it's not I'm as so just excited. normal personal growth. It's it's the business side of it. Yeah. We are we are going to get ripped apart and <laughs> get down to it. I am so excited though. It it is going to be a game changer, I think. It is. And when I started this journey years ago, I was going to conferences here and there and I thought one day I will go to a Tony Robbins event. Do you know at one point that was my nickname Tony Robbins? Like in my early 20s, because I've always been really positive and I've always had a voicemail that says, make it a great day instead of have a great day. Uh Because you can't just have a great day. You need to make it a great day. Wait, do you still use a voicemail? I do. You do? Yeah. I have to say, I have the uh, default. You have reached 602. Do you really? Yeah. I, I, a voicemail message seems very 1998 to me. But am I wrong? Do people still do that? You're not wrong in the sense I am in an extremely customer service based business and I do feel like I have to have that. That's true. I I don't answer my phone. I mean, if you're calling me, you better text me ahead of time and say, hey, just Instagram you. Yeah. I mean, even that text is probably best. I mean, I would prefer a text as well. Like if it can be wrapped up, let's wrap quick, it up. Let's just put it right into a text. We don't need a voicemail. And I don't even listen to them anymore. I just read them. I'm deleting more than listening. Oh yeah. Yeah. Delete. I, the amount of spam calls I get is out of control. That's what's hard for a business owner who should be answering every call is now I'm like screening those calls going, Ooh, who is calling me? Is my tax records. Do I need to send some guy in Zimbabwe $10 million (laughs) before I go to jail? Maybe. (laughs) Well, let's get back into Tony Robbins because I feel like I I do. I'm excited to talk about it a little bit today because 
My sister asked me yesterday, she goes, what are you up to the next couple of days? Because I ha- I couldn't commit to something else. And she, I go, oh, I'm going to a seminar. <laughs> so she doesn't know yet until probably this episode airs that it's Tony Robbins. Yeah, because my family is not into that. But, you know, they'll, they'll consider it woo-woo. Like, what the... F- their response would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, so, what is this? This And is it's silliness. funny because I feel like like my family, or more specifically my father, is like when I told him, he was like, oh, I saw him back in the 80s. He's so great or night, whatever it was. He goes, oh, he's great. He's still around. Like, So I, my family's like pro that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, my family's very supportive. But this kind of thing, they don't understand – the investment and then return and I don't know. They just, I think some people do, but I also think it's, it's personal based. Like some people aren't going to get anything out of it, you know, and that's fine. I think everyone learns differently, gets motivated differently, just like playing golf and learning that game. Like y'all learn differently. And I think that for me, this stuff fires me up. Oh my God. We're going to be an ultimate hype. Oh, like watch out. You guys got to know when we were leading up to making this podcast and Tristan sitting right next to us, who's our producer. And (laughs) I mean, it was one week we woke up in the middle of December and, and I was like, we're doing this. Here's where we're going to go. I've paid the money and we're going to take pictures in three days. And And I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, what? (laughs) Like we were just talking about doing it a day ago. (laughs) Now like everything's booked. I was like, no, we're going, we're doing this. We're going, we're going all in. And then, so when you brought up Tony Robbins to me, did you expect a certain response from me? Did you think I would actually do it? So back in October, have I told you this this I don't think so. story before? Okay, so back in October, I was at a mastermind, and it was with 15 other women. And these two women were best buddies, and they kind of run their business side by side, not together, but side by side. And they, they're not only really good friends, but they just love their business, and they can uh, bond over that too. And so I said to him, I go, you know what, I want – a business bestie, just like Diane was your golf bestie. I go, I want a business bestie, someone that really loves not only golf, but also running a business too. And I put it out in the universe back in October. So when I said that to you, like, Hey, I'm doing Tony Robbins. This is, this is the event I'm doing. Here's the contact information. If you're ever interested in doing it, why don't we do it together? I think it would take us to the next level. It will be a lot of fun. And your response? I Oh, I was in. I was like, what is really weird is about a month before you asked me, I wanted to find a mastermind to go to and surprise you and say, hey, let's go to this. Oh, my God. I love that. And then all of a sudden you say, let's go to Tony Robbins. And I didn't even know he was. It, the event was coming up, which surprises me because I follow all that kind of stuff. So it And the was timing a, worked out uh, perfectly. It, it couldn't have worked out better, to be honest. Yeah. It's like there's it's, another one in August, but I no, can't, we can't wait to August. No, no, no. August is not an option. And we are going into a season of our business now where it's push. Yep. And we're looking at the desert classic in March where we want to put on the best women's golf event in the country of the year. And this is just part of it. This is getting us pumped up and ready to go. So desert classic that's coming Ooh, up. It is coming up. I mean, I, it's going to be quite an event. 
What's yeah, going so, on on your end? So on my end, so just so everyone knows, um, so we're running this tournament and I'm doing the travel side of it. We call it the retreat side of it. So mm-hmm. I'm handling all the women who decided to um, have me book all their hotels and transportation and things like that. I have everyone staying at the Ondage. As of right now, I have 53 women I'm in charge of. Um, that which could is, increase which soon. Is a lot a of women. A lot. <laughs> I mean, you gotta you gotta factor in. I'm getting emails every day of women that are wanting to do different things, and I have to keep track of 53 flights and 53 women and 53 desires, spa yeah. services, transportation, dinner. Yeah, dinner. Some of them want to go. What bar Allergies. do they want to go to? Oh, I'm taking them to the old Rusty Spur. Ooh, it's one of the oldest bars in Scottsdale, actually. I'm a little concerned because I don't know that it fits more than 25 people in there. <laughs> and I the might intent- have to crash that party, too. You have to. It's live We're having music. a little event that night. I'm, I'm assuming this is going to be Tuesday night of the event because that's a really our only free night. I think night. it'll be Sunday and Tuesday. Oh, we're going. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, one of those yeah. times I'm going to be crashing it. And, uh, you have to. There's a really good band. It's literally the oldest bar in Scottsdale. You have to go. Is it just, is there line dancing? Is that no. weird to say? No, line dancing is... Oh. <laughs> <not>. <laughs> okay, wait. It's more like two-stepping. Just, just There's a to qualify my statement, though, I am, I am very sober, and I'm very much an introvert. <laughs> yes. I don't, I don't get out much. She doesn't, but we did get out in Ireland. Oh, yeah, that was... I mean, you have to go out in Ireland. But... Yeah, so we're going to go to Rusty Spur a night. I got the girls. I got some girls a reservation at Ocean 44. Mm, that's um, great. The Mission. Oh, the Mission. See, if you are coming into Scottsdale just at, just on your own, like with your husband or with a group of friends, you didn't know the area, that is the kind of restaurant where you'd have no idea that's the place right, to go. Right. Is the Mission. Yep. You might figure out Ocean 44, but the Mission, that's like a local favorite it is. It's where the locals go. It's the most amazing food. It's a good scene, mm. and it's close to the old spur. <laughs> Tori, no, this has the like rusty swinging spur. wood doors. Like yeah, the old I'm going to have to crash that. And then there's a guy, he's called the Singing Cowboy, around town. Have you ever seen him? No. no he's a real guy. on a. He's on a horse, and he has his guitar, and he'll like travel the streets of Scottsdale all spring. And he'll actually go into the rusty spur on his horse. Okay, can we t- can we call this man and let him know that we're going to be there and that we're? I'll a lot write of down. Fun? Yeah, contact I mean, singing cowboy. Yeah, and just let him know we're a lot of fun. I mean, this is. Yeah, he needs to be involved. He does. So you're planning all these things for 53 women, and the other 150 women. I mean, they might get. They're going to be around too, doing that. I mean, they're going to be the around. Best time to be in Scottsdale. We, you and I have been working this week, like on wrapping up details. We're having our shopping extravaganza on Sunday night, but we decided to kind of make it an event. So we're from five to eight, we're going to host a little light hors Mm d'oeuvres, perhaps some cocktails. Oh yeah. And we have live music because you always need live music. Yeah. So I've got a, I've got a great guitar player that's going to be there who usually plays at a local bar, Old Town Tavern. Love it. And um, so he'll be playing from five to eight. And so we'll have probably 10, 15 shopping vendors mm-hmm. there. And all the ladies will get a chance to get to meet one another. But there's a lot of details that goes into 
Oh yeah. Planning this stuff. I said to Sarah, it's, this is no big deal. We're just planning two weddings <laughs> for real though. Cause Monday night and Wednesday night of the tournament are, we have, um, dinner, a party, entertainment, MCs. I mean, special guests, it, the whole nine yards. We have everything a wedding would have on Monday and Wednesday night, pretty much the logistics other than the are officiant. out of control. Yeah. I mean, you have a DJ going to be playing oh, oh, all yeah. weekend. Oh, all week. Yeah. I, it's funny. I don't enjoy music on the golf course. I mean, I, I, I kind of do, but I don't need music out on the golf course. But when I'm running a tournament, I want music going at all times. It's I don't know what it our is. Conversation. I think you're either a golf with music or a golf with no music person. Yeah. If I had to choose, I'd say no music, but I can't practice without, without music. music. I must have music on when I practice. Because it helps me get in the zone. It helps me just relax. And right. So why wouldn't it do the same while you're playing? Because, you know, when you're out in the course, you're thinking about, I, I feel like I'm thinking more. I'm trying to focus more on my next shot. I'm trying to strategize. See, and I feel like it helps me because it helps me not think too much. Isn't that funny? Because that good song comes on. I'm like, oh my this is the yeah. best song. I God, I love this song. And then I'm not thinking about the 18 things that I need to be doing with my swing. Yeah. I do think thinking for me helps in my golf oh, round. Interesting. Maybe that's the whole other thing. Music or no music, thinking or no yeah, thinking. I can't think. Don't don't give me tips during the round because it will go downhill. Yeah. Maybe a simple one, but anyway, so we've we've got a lot going on in Desert Classic and we've kind of behind the scenes been just grinding, trying to yeah. make sure that this is literally the event of the year. And it will be. It There's will no be. doubt in my mind. No. No doubt in my mind. No. And we're just basically going into a five-day stretch to get fully hyped, just in case we're not at our maximum hype level. So if anyone right is listening, any of our friends, don't call or text us <laughs> for five days and don't expect to call or text back for five days. Exactly. Maybe even no. six or seven, because we're going to need to like... We're going into the Diane Lucas Masters yeah, totally. dark zone. Yeah. I was thinking about that too. Are you going to meal prep? Um, not, I'm going to, not formally, but yes, I will have meals. Like I'm not cooking ground beef and rice by any means or ground turkey. I think I might. I mean, it's smart. I'm going to have meals of some sort ready to go. Even you if you turn I'm, off your camera, because this is our, all virtual, mm-hmm. you think you'll turn off no. your camera when you're eating? Oh, I'm assuming we're going to have a little lunch time. Oh, okay. I mean, this is from seven to seven. Yeah. And during that little lunch break time, I will be going outside to get some vitamin D. They need too. to slow down. Oh, they're walking too fast. <laughs> Sorry. We are in Old Town Scottsdale and have people walking by us at all times wondering, who are we with this little podcast ring going on here? Who are those ladies? <laughs> all right, let's get into some, you know, we wanted to talk about some topics from Erica Larkin. Yeah. So something that hit home with me, something that she said was ta- when she was talking about like getting uncomfortable. Yeah. And this um, is in a podcast uh, episode number two, where we interviewed Erica Larkin. So if you haven't listened to that episode, it was really it's good. It's a really good interview. Yeah. Um, and she really talked about getting uncomfortable and how it improves your game. Mm-hmm. And I cannot agree more. Yeah. Um, when I was looking to join a league, 
I mentioned it to one of my guy friends. I said, oh, I heard about this Papago League. And he said, oh, I heard they're really competitive and that would be really good for your game. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh my God, he's right. Yeah. And the minute I joined the ladies league, I went from a 20 handicap. And last summer at my lowest, I was an 11. So yeah, just, and I, I really contribute that. I'm sorry. When you first joined, you were 20 and then you got down to an 11 last year. Last summer. That's so then, good. I know. And I really, oh my gosh, that was perfect. That really was perfect. That was perfect. Sorry, Tristan is here and he is ready to go. With I, love the golf club. I love it. <laughs> that could have been more perfect. The evolution of a podcast. Yes. So I just think, and, and I think just like you during your, 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 um, when you qualified for the mid-am and played yeah. in the mid-am, mm-hmm. when you're forced, like, you know, the old quote and, and it doesn't ever get old is yeah. you don't grow in your comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. You grow outside of it. Yeah. And I think that's so important to do things that are uncomfortable because that is the moment you start to see growth. Yeah. And when I started playing league and then team, I've never played a match play, didn't know how to play, didn't know the rules, nothing about it. Yeah. Now I realize I love playing match play. I love competitive golf. Mm-hmm. It makes me play better. And from my perspective now, the tournaments that make me feel the most uncomfortable, like I don't want to play. Right. Like I would rather not play. Right. I really don't. There's one tournament every year. I'm just going to put it out there. It's a club championship. It's in February, mid-February, because we'll talk about that when it comes along. For Arizona. Yeah. I And it's just that club championship. You know, it's not Papago. It's not White Mountain. It's not, you know, it's just Arizona that really gets under my skin. I really dread it. I mean, truly dread it. How many times it. have you won it? Three times. I've played six, won three. So was it one of those three you lost that is like, the catalyst of oh, yeah. why absolutely and but it's the catalyst for so many things i mean it's the the, the one loss that hurt the most at that ca- at that club championship i think it was let's say 5 years ago it was the catalyst to me building my practice program it was the catalyst to me working harder on my game and let me tell you when i walked off the course on that club championship day where i lost i didn't lose in the finals I lost in like the semis and I just dropped to my knees in the women's locker room and I was bawling. And thank God one other gal was in there, Marianne. She's so special to me. She came up and she was just hugging me. She's like, it's okay. It will be okay. I mean, I was devastated, which is, I know, so silly sometimes to think Mm -hmm. something can can do that too, but it just, I don't know what it is. Well, you're about an the athlete club and you're a competitor yeah. and you take it personal. And yeah, I mean, I, I think every athlete can, can relate to that. Yeah. And so after that moment, you know, you, you, you cried, you had your session. Did you then the next day go, no, fuck this. This is not yeah. happening again. It was, it, I don't know if it happened instantly. It, that feeling does happen instantly. Now when I have a really bad day, and it, and it really has to be in a in a big situation where I have a bad round and a bad day at the same time. Like if I just have a bad round, I know that. I know that happens every once in a while, but if I have if I'm playing in a big event and I have a bad round, it will feel bad really bad, but the next day I'll get up and I'll be like, "Okay, let's go. Let's get back to work." Now, back in 5 years ago, it probably took me a week or two of saying, "I hate golf. I quit. I never want to play again." I've been there. But that's, that's how I was when I was a pitcher. Like 
you also have to evaluate like what made it bad. Like, like, was I not prepared? Is that why it was bad? Or was it just like, there's a, there was days where my changeup just didn't work the way it mm-hmm. normally was. And it's not because I didn't prepare. It just happens. Like, and you, you really can't do anything about it, but just keep practicing and move on and forget about mm-hmm. it. Like mm-hmm. you can't do anything about it. It's over. Right. But if it's truly because, yeah, I didn't practice my changeup all week or I didn't practice mm-hmm. my short game all week. And now I just lost like you're, you're not prepared. Yeah. You know, and I would choose to be overprepared and get beat than not prepared at all and get beat. I think that, I think it is easier to accept and settle with. For me it is. Yeah. I know other people can say, okay, I'm, I, I don't want to practice and whatever happens happens because I don't practice. They almost use that as a coping mechanism or a, you know, just an excuse. And I don't know, that just doesn't, I, that doesn't, I get it. I get it. Maybe it doesn't, and maybe it's not important to you to win on certain tournaments, but it's important to me. You know, I want to get better. Like getting better at golf is still really important to me. So I got to show up. How much better can you get? Come on. You know, after going to the mid-am last year, it's my goal to get back there. Hey, I saw that the rules changed. So I know now we can like start. You can start making making money. money, Even as an amateur. Yeah. Who wants to dress me? But anyways, G4, yeah, getting G4, back, are you listening? Oh my God. G4 has sent many uh, no replies to me. Well, well we're working on them. We're going to get, we're going to get to them. Uh, so, all right, let's get into, let's just go over a little handicap talk. I wanted to, the biggest question I get in general in women's golf, especially women that um, have been playing for a little bit, maybe a year or two. Usually they're just playing with their husbands or their friends. They just started keeping score. They keep hearing this word handicap. And how do you, what is a handicap? How do you get it? It's so confusing. I don't think the USGA does any favors with the gen system or explaining how to get a handicap how to establish one. Or why. Exactly. And I was that person. I started playing about five years ago, and I did not have a handicap, obviously, and it wasn't until last year, I believe. I was golfing with one of my buddies, and he was like, you need a handicap. I'm like, why? That's the point. Like, yeah. I know what I shoot. Here yeah. you go. If anyone wants to bet me, like, here's what I shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, because if you ever play in a tournament, I'm like, whatever. I don't know. He's like, Trust me, just go get a handicap. It's easy. Mm-hmm. All you do, I go, well, I don't belong to a club. Like, And he's like, you don't have to. And I think I actually reached out to, I have a contact at the Arizona Golf Association. I think I reached out to him and said, you know, what do I do? Can you help me? I'm totally new at this. And he was like, oh, you just go on this website. The, I think it was maybe the gin or. Yeah, I'll explain it. Yeah. Just because the easiest way, for whatever reason, the USGA wants you to belong to a quote unquote golf club in order to get a gin number. Okay. Now it doesn't have to be private. Oh no, it doesn't have to be private. It doesn't even have to be an actual golf course. Now they have virtual golf clubs. So every golf association, first of all, every state will have a golf association. There are some states that have multiples, but really they're trending towards the way of each state having one golf association. You call them and you say, I want to uh, get a gin number. I want to establish a handicap. How? What's the easiest way to do that? And every golf association will have a virtual golf club that you can join 
because you have to be a member of a golf club, quote unquote, and you pay the fee, which is usually not much. How much did you pay? $45? Yeah, maybe? I think so. And I joined, it was, I think, Arizona Golf, golf Club. Club. Yep. Because that's, that's what the it's generic. called in Arizona. Yeah. Is, Arizona I, d- golf is there Club. even an Arizona Golf Club? No, it's all virtual. Yeah. It's so, virtual. So I didn't belong to a club, but I yeah. still established a handicap. Yep. And I will say, once I did that, A, I'm also, like, I love to compete. So I was like, oh, my God. And then I just wanted to enter every score um, because I, I wanted to see it drop, yeah. and I wanted to see exactly. where I was at and all that. But... I think the best way to explain it is one of my girlfriends the other day was talking about it and I explained what it does. It, it, it levels out the field, the handicap. Yeah. yeah right. It does. I mean, that's what's so great about golf is that you can compete against any age, any ability, because if you have a handicap, then that makes it an even playing field. Yeah. And I was explaining to her, like, let's say in the desert classic, some girl comes in and she doesn't have a handicap. That's fine, right? But what if she's a, truly a scratch golfer? And now she doesn't have a handicap. She's coming, I don't have a handicap, what? Yeah. Now she's going to come in and win every tournament. If she, you know, So well, that's kind of... Here's the thing, but though, if you don't have a handicap and you try and enter a tournament, usually they'll make you play to scratch. So it's oh, usually they do? the other way around where it's like someone doesn't have a handicap, they're truly probably a 25, but then we're going to force them to play to a scratch because you get penalized. And it's really just, you know, most people don't have a handicap because it is just a little confusing and they don't feel like they need it. But there's, any, there's no a, reason to not have it, really. It's a net game, too, now. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. not a gross game. It's right. a net game, which is, means if you have a handicap, that's the way to go. And all you need to start establishing a handicap. So after you sign up for the golf club, you get your gin number, you download the app. All you need to do is post three 18 hole scores or six, nine hole scores, and they can be post dated. Right. So it's not like you have to go out and play three rounds right away. No, you just remember your last three golf scores and where you played and what tees you played from. And you can post those three scores. And the next morning your handicap will pop up. It's one of the first things I look at every morning. (laughs) I've gone through that stage. I will say too, like to really go back to basics. So for yeah. those of you who uh-huh. know what a handicap is, mm-hmm. just ignore this. But like somebody who has no idea even what a handicap means, kind of look at it this way. When I say I'm a 15 handicap and Tori's a 0.6, that means on average, I shoot 15 strokes above par mm-hmm. and that Tori basically shoots par. But that's also our potential. So our handicaps Correct. are potential. So we we shoot We're that about twenty percent of the yeah. time. So yeah, but we all know it's a, it's a roller coaster. You know, I, I, so that's why it's we basically say the our system scores. saying this girl is capable of shooting fifteen over par, mm-hmm. and Tori is capable of shooting par. Yeah, yeah. So I I think that was I did not understand that when I first was getting to know the handicap system. I'm like I don't even know what this is. And most people too also think okay, I'm a 10 handicap. I should be shooting 10 over par. And if I don't, I'm horrible. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. That is not the case whatsoever. If you're a 10 handicap, then two out of your 10 rounds should be around 10 over. And other than that, you're going to be, you're going to fluctuate. Yeah. So go out and get a handicap. And if you need help, reach out to us. We'll try to help you. And I've done multiple Instagram posts explaining how you get it. It's 
once you get the handicap, you can then start playing tournaments. And we all know that's where the fun begins. Oh, it's so much fun. I have a question, though. Yeah, go for it. I've always actually wondered this, and Erica mentioned it. Why don't pros have a handicap? Um, I think some do, but it's just they don't. They they play everything they play is gross. You know, they never use. They're ne- never in. There might be another answer to that, but I think that they are never playing in a net event whatsoever. I have a couple pros. Do you want to explain what that means to some people who maybe are just beginning to? Yeah, so net a net score means your handicap is is involved in that score, and a gross score is what you shoot. So if you go out and shoot an eighty, that is your gross score. If you are a five handicap. Your net score is a 75. So five strokes under 85 per 80. Really explain that kind of backwards, but you get it, right? No, I get it. Yeah. I think, no, I think you explained yeah, it good. Okay. I, yeah. I told you I had to regulate my caffeine, and she's like, and I'm getting you a green it. tea. <laughs> I should know better, actually. There's not much caffeine in it. <laughs> oh, well, good. I'm glad we went over that and absolutely reach out to if you have any questions and, you know. Go go get your handicap. There's there's no harm in getting one. Exactly. There's more more good things that'll come about from it, and you can play in every tournament. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's take a little break and get into housewives. Oh boy. Are you ready for your next girls golf retreat in Scottsdale, Arizona, but find yourself overwhelmed and don't have the time, energy, or patience to pick one of the 200 golf courses that Scottsdale area has to offer, or maybe researching through the hundreds of resorts and hotels is just too much? Well, if you know the value of your time, then ladies, we have some great news. Elite Golf Experience is a full-service, white-glove golf retreat concierge that has lived and played in the Valley of the Sun for over two decades. We book all your tea times, accommodations, transportation, dinner reservations, spa services, and any other activity that will make this retreat one for the books. So call us today so we can begin building the perfect golf trip for you and the ladies. Okay, well... I wanted more drama yesterday, and I got it. <laughs> Salt Lake City is such a I, gem. Holy crap. And I, I love how you wore, wore your Meredith Marks blazer today. I mean, I have to represent. If we're going to talk about Salt Lake City, um, I got to bring out my inner Meredith. You know what? Next time, next week, I'm going to wear I love that. a Meredith Marks blazer, too. I love that. Okay. We need to get into... The spa scene that Heather took Jen to. First of all, Heather is so fucking sweet. She really is. Mm-hmm. She's a good friend. Okay. Even though she knows her role, I do think there's, you know, a little, right. like she knows what she's supposed to do. Yeah. She's the nice one. She's she the rational is the nice one. one. Yeah. I do think that that's pretty genuine. But the amount of food they were eating next to the hot tub in their bathing suits. I, I, I'm like questioning if they're really eating it. I mean, there's a huge BLT sandwich sitting (laughs) next next to the hot tub, (laughs) next to the hot tub, next to Jen. And you know, she's not chowing that down. Well, I couldn't get past the amount of makeup that Jen had on while in the hot tub and getting a spa service. I mean, 
I think we just need to move past the amount of makeup at this point. I mean, it's, it's just, that's just what we live with. Top. Like when you go to have a spa service, oh, do you wear 14 yeah. pounds of makeup? No, no. I mean, I never wear 14 okay. pounds. Good point. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And, and that amount of food. I while mean, I'm in all, a swimsuit, while in a hot yeah. tub. I mean, if I'm eating that amount of food, it is not in a hot tub. In, in a, a swimsuit. Suit. No. no. It's no. in the privacy of my own house. And no one will be seeing it. <laughs> not at all. It's like shame eating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but they were talking about if Mary and Mer- Meredith pretty much turned Jen in. Are, are we thinking that that might be the case? Do you think? Yes. <laughs> oh, Do you want okay. me to think about it? <laughs> I don't trust Mary. Or Meredith. I mean, Meredith hates Jen. And obviously they do know they're on a TV show. They got to keep this season going. They yes. need to keep it spicy. I, well, I also need them to. But how about spicy enough to call the feds and say, listen, she's at the beauty bar right now getting on a bus. You can go grab her there. I mean, that's. At what point do you pick up the phone and actually dial the number? I mean, and press is it, call. Is it like one eight hundred FBI? I don't know. <laughs> and I, I'm going to go ahead and say something. I think it was a bold move if she did, if they did do this, because I think Mary's next. Oh, did you hear Mary didn't show up to the reunion? No, she did not that. show up to the reunion. And I mean, you can't go back from that. If you don't show up from the reunion, you're pretty much done with the show. I think. Wasn't it that guy at a party that was saying she is no good and stealing money? And he went, I, I, he like mortgaged off his house because he donated to the church. Yeah. I think I mean, she's, she's running a good a scheme. I, that, that, those clothes cost so much. Oh, yeah. She wasn't money. about to jump in the pool. <laughs> no, she's, that outfit on. <laughs> she's like, oh, God, we got to get to that eventually. Oh, there was boy. Just, there was just a lot. Like, I, we might need two other podcasts for this oh, episode. It was it was deep. Let's get into the boys' golf outing. Yeah, I just want to say that I still stand by my admiration for Jason, especially after those white pants. But how about he was the one that brought up making bets to buy the girls' vacation, Mother's Day vacation, and I'm thinking, Jason, you're broke. You just, Whitney has spent all your money. You cannot did be you making any bets right now. Did you see who he was right playing now. against? Did you see? <laughs> and they did win. Thank Dewey's God. pants. You didn't see well, him. It was a brief moment. They were very pleated and no belt. And I hate that golfing. Well, and they were teeing off at, what they say, 70 yards, 65 yards on a, on a part None three. None of them got there. So I appreciate that they're teeing it forward. They know their ability. They they said, we are playing the forward tees. Thank you very much. Not the ladies tees. No, we don't say ladies tees. So I will say this, though, and I don't know if you're going to agree with me. After Seth talking a little more, I don't. I'm not offended by his statement like a couple weeks ago when he asked Jason, oh my God, you play with your wife. Because I truly think, I think Whitney maybe enjoys playing and wants to play with Jason. Whereas I don't think that's the same with Seth. I think she sucks and she's annoying and he's like, let me have my space. Yeah, no, Meredith is not 
picking up her golf bag and heading to the course by name. So do you hate him a little less for that statement now? Well, here's the thing. Seth, it was, this episode was very Seth centric. Okay. This was odd. And you didn't watch season one. Season one, he was a little nerdy. Okay. He was, his hair was grown out. He was wearing, you know, pleated dockers. You know, Meredith was kicking him out of the house, you know, because she was she didn't having li- an affair. Yeah, she was having an affair. Okay. She didn't like him anymore. I don't and think now she still likes sudden, him, by the way. Oh, no, no. But now all of a sudden he's showing up. He's very sexual. He's very, very drunk. sexual. He's highly intoxicated so did, every time they're taping. I, I wonder think. if this like separation brought out like this, Jason, he, or he's trying to be someone that he thinks she wants or. Well, and I think that happens. I think yeah. when couples separate and then come back together, there's, there is an increase in sexual be, behavior. Right. Now he's in, yeah. like in the elevator, it was so uncomfortable because he was like, Oh yeah, let's do it, baby. And she's like, Oh, <laughs> that's not, <laughs> she was not interested at all. No, I, it's interesting. I do think she likes him like as a dad. Yeah. But not as a no. Like mm, no. I don't that's um So back to the golf. Out of those four, who's who do you think is the best golfer out of those four? Probably Seth. You do? Maybe Jason. But those two I mean, those teams seemed very uneven to Jason's me. Jason's so adorable. He's pretty cute. I like him. How do you think he felt when Seth was talking about Whitney's boobs like that and the amount of harassment? I think he likes it. You know, I dated a guy who happened to be 21 years older than me for 10 years. Okay. And okay. he would get comments and stuff all the time, but he was very secure with who he was in mm-hmm. our relationship. And he, he would always think it was funny. Like, yeah, he would be, he, if I did that, he would be totally like, that's funny. And I do see the joke of it all. Like when they did all those flashbacks and he's, you know, giving, always talking about, talking about Whitney's boots. I get the joke of it all, but I can also see Whitney being like, dude, okay, like lay off. But she does have them out and about all the time. So I don't know. They are out and about. And I don't like them. Oh, you don't? I actually well, think Meredith's cleavage is better. I do. And I'm thinking that that cleavage is new. I agree with you. Both it looks look new. new. Mm. But Whitney's are just But like new from huge. season one. Oh. Like Whitney's always had those knockers. Yeah. They're huge. Oh, my God. The dancer in the hot tub. <laughs> I forgot about that. And no. I actually watched this episode twice because the first time I was really distracted. Yeah. But one thing I remember out of both times I watched it was the dancer. First of all, at least get an attractive dancer. Oh, I, I, Meredith's talking about we're going to have this dancer in the hot tub. Is it too deep? Is it? Too, and then they span to the dance. It that was not. It was what so was awkward. Doing? Her no. outfit was terrible. <laughs> was, Why is she on a step in a hot tub? Why is there only one of them? No, that was that was like was it Cirque Soleil? Was it like what? Why was she there? Why was she there? <laughs> okay, what? Let's let's. Hey, maybe money. we should hire dancers for Desert Classic. <laughs> just one, sorry, just one, <laughs> and male, please. <laughs> but like on a step in a hot tub. 
Yeah. I mean, that whole party. Her son tried a little bit. Bravo parties are tough because they're always, there's not a ton of people there ever. You can tell, like, can they listen to music while recording the show? The lighting's always super bright because they're filming. I don't know. I don't know. And Mary Mary felt very uncomfortable at that party. (laughs) Everything. Mary is... If Mary doesn't come back next season, that would be not great for the show. We need we need Mary, just like we need Ramona. I do feel like Mary's the type of person that will be above your bed in the middle of the night with a knife. Ooh. Like, hi, good morning. You haven't met her husband yet, really. Uh, isn't that her great-granddaddy? <laughs> <laughs> you mean her great-granddaddy. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, that party, Seth's birthday party, was uncomfortable, to say the least. He and why was, are we throwing one at for 49 years old? Like, wait one more year. Throw one for 50th. Yeah. It was, you know what, it figures it was for 49. I mean, that party was a 49th birthday party. Let's hope. He I is, mean, with that dancer. Let's hope I, that it comes up a notch for 50th. That dan- Like, the dancer is... The boob, cake, everything. Let's get into Coach Shaw for a second, Jen's husband, when they're painting. I, I really zoned out a little bit during that, but I thought it was so hilarious. Sweet. He's so sweet. He's very calm he compared is, to Jen. And I, it surprises me. Yeah. I think well, that's they, a case of yeah. like, but also I think I've learned this after dating a coach in my life. Mm-hmm. They spend so much energy being like the aggressive man, blah, 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 mm-hmm. like on the field and in practice. And and so there's you. I feel like there's this different side usually at home. They don't usually Super carry calm. that same, mm-hmm. you know, mentality at home. Um, I don't know how he. I don't know how he does it. Yeah. And Jen saying like Jen was seemed very genuine when she was like, we didn't get invited to this party. Mm. I mean, that's relatable. I didn't think it was genuine. I thought that whole thing was scripted. First of all. Well, of course it was scripted. We're going to paint pictures and have a a heart to heart. (laughs) And then wonder if I'm invited to. Well, yeah, but she already knew she wasn't invited and she looked at him. She was like, we weren't invited to this party. I don't know. It's just, I felt sad for her. Surprise. Like he said, I know. Well, I think that she wants her and Meredith to be, you know, good. And Meredith's never going to be good with Jen. Never. What happened? She spoke poorly of her son. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, and liked homophobic tweets. And I can relate to that. I don't know that I would ever be able to be friends with someone who's who. I don't know if it was intentional, but. It sure seemed like it was an intentionally hurt my child. It's, like that would not go over well with me. It's very dumb. Yeah. Jen. Like you never go to that level. Especially ever. like something that sensitive. Exactly. Yeah. No, she's, I mean, she's not the brightest, but. No. Oh my gosh. But I, I, I like him. Um, I, I think that he's the rock. Like he. Yeah. I love his lisp. Yeah, I do too, actually. <laughs> I caught that for the first time I did yesterday. Too. I was like, I, I like, I enjoy that list. Mm-hmm. He's very calm. And I think 
that there, I mean, there's always been rumors that he's had a girlfriend and I oh, really I'm hope sure not. Has. I mean, I, yeah. Like, let's be honest. You have a batshit crazy wife. Yeah, she's crazy. You Even though are I an do- attractive guy. You have a highly respected career. Yeah. And yeah, he's probably got a traveling a lot. Yeah. All right. Let's get into Jen a little bit more though. I, there's a reason why they all like her other than Meredith. And I think that other than the craziness, like I think we see a hundred percent of her craziness on this show and we only see like 20% of how fun she is and funny. Well, I did see the funness. When they were getting on the bus. Yes. When she, I don't remember what she was singing, what she was doing, but I was like, I am here for Jen in this moment. I will agree with that. And I'm not a Jen fan for, for the most part, but that moment I agree. I was like, okay, I could be on that bus with her right now. Well, exactly. Until. <laughs> I'm, and we saw like both ends of the spectrum. In a matter of a second. Uh, what happened? I don't like. The argument got so heated in that bus that I don't even know what they were arguing about anymore. I don't think anyone did. Like at the like even Heather I think chimed in and was like, "What are we arguing about?" Or yeah. no, maybe it was Lisa. Like it she was, was like, "What was are like, we arguing I, about?" I don't even know what you what we're talking about. No. What what, what are they? And I could about? relate to both of them in that situation. I've been the aggressor, the angry one before, and I've also been to the Lisa before in that situation. I mean, that it just gets out of control. It's just not a great situation to be in. No. And hard to handle. Um, so basically, Jen was mad at Lisa because she's friends with Meredith, and Meredith's talking shit about her. Yeah, and I think that she feels that she's um, sticking up for Meredith in certain situations, but not sticking up for Jen in, in the same respect. Understandable. Yeah. I mean, God, Jen's dug herself a hole. Yeah, and I think she feels. Thank God the producer was on that bus because. um, Oh my God! (laughs) Next week is going to be a doozy. Well, if all of them are still alive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how about the bus driver? So, oh, he's probably like the bus driver. Meanwhile, is just driving, and this whole shit show is happening. Do you think he is hired by Bravo, or do you think the girls? These he's on staff with the girls. I think I think Bravo at the end of the day I is think hiring. He's reconsidering his professional. Unless he like gets enjoy. I mean, we get enjoyment out of it. We're laughing. It would be pretty funny, actually. <laughs> Can you? I mean, he's got a full on girl fight in the back of the bus. And the week before, he had the FBI coming to arrest one of the girls. Oh, I love imagine. it. Maybe I should be a bus driver. I kind of like this. Why don't they fly at all? Maybe this was more COVID times. I don't know. This is a lot of bus rides. And as much as you like That's to right. think girls' golf trips are fun in buses, there's like a hour max. Yeah. I mean, these are like six-hour bus rides. That's aggressive. No one wants that. Because all you do is you just sit there and want more snacks. and To be like getting a bus ride to go play in San Diego. Yeah, no. No, thank you. No. I actually, no. Mm-mm. And I get car sick. Do you get car sick? A hundred percent. Oh my God. Yeah. And now I'm to, thinking about Ireland with I you had laying to sit down. Up front. Remember? Yeah, that was, yeah. Well, there was a lot. The first, the first day when I got off the plane, I was motion sick. I was tired. I was just everything. Yeah. And I had a migraine. And so I just sat up front and then I was fine. But then the last day was not good. But yeah. 
Lesson learned, though, with that, when we go overseas, so when we went to Ireland, we flew in, we got in at like, what was it, 8.30 in the morning? Mm -hmm. No, maybe it was later in the day. I don't remember. No, it was more like, uh, yeah, 10 a.m. We went and had lunch right away. And then we had a long drive after that. But you really need to have a full day and night's sleep to recover. I barely remember dinner that night. Yeah. I remember looking over at um, Jamie and going, I'm completely delirious right now. Like, I don't even know what's going on. Yeah, that was a lot. Well, lots of fun golf trips in the future. And we have a lot of, this is exciting. We're at an exciting time. Not only in our personal lives, but also in Real Housewives of Salt Lake City life. I'm excited to see what these girls do. And if Jen stays out of jail and if Mary continues to, you know, put the fear of God literally in everybody. Well, here's the thing. We are, we now know Molly or Molly's. We all know Molly. Okay. Let's say it again. Mary. Uh, we all know how that ends with her not going to the reunion. So I think that this is, this is a big bummer. Do you think it's by choice or do you think she's in jail? 100% her choice. There is no way Bravo doesn't want her there. She's not in jail. We would know if she was in jail. I think it's, it's the coming. same thing. New York canceled their whole reunion last season because there was too much racism and, and questionable things going on in that season. And it was a dud to begin with that whole season. But I don't, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see. Maybe there's more to it that we don't know. We'll find out. All right. All right. Thanks, Sarah. Until next time. Oh, until a week from now. We are going to be prepared. Our next episode it will be. We might be a little like, aggressive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we might be. All Looking right. forward to it. Have a great week. See ya. Bye. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Don't forget to connect with us on Instagram at Real Housewives of Golf. Check out our latest women's tournaments, practice programs, and retreats by visiting our websites in the description. Help us grow the community of women's golf around the world by sharing this episode with your golfing group and giving us a five-star review on iTunes. Until your next birdie, Housewives episode, and seltzer, cheers from the Real Housewives of Golf.